0: This podcast of Seattle Unity Sunday Service is free to you, but it's not free to make. Please remember to hit the donate button so we can continue to bring you great podcasts like this one. Welcome to Seattle Unity's live stream Sunday Service. It's March 29th, 2020, and I am here in my home office. And I want to thank you for joining me this morning. I hope that you are home that you are well, that you are safe. And um, I just have a couple of announcements before we get started. And that is that um, our board, our chaplains and our staff are going to be reaching out to you this week and the next week. And it's mostly just to check in to see how you're doing, if there's anything you need, prayer requests, um, so look for that. And if you aren't on a contact list with us, please uh, go to our website and make sure that we have your information so that we can contact you. Also, if you have a prayer request, if you wouldn't mind typing it into the chat box and Diane will collect those and we'll distribute them to the prayer team and we will hold you in prayer. So the other thing happening is that on Wednesdays, it's from seven to eight, we've been having a Zoom uh, connection discussion. Um, and if you'd like to be a part of that, also please contact our office so that we can include you and send you a, a link so that you can join us. A couple more announcements are uh, we have hired a new office manager, and that's Karen Smith and also Heidi Nathy, who... Uh, has been our board president for the last two years, has resigned the board and she has taken the position as our new youth ed director. So we are very grateful and happy to welcome them on board. And finally, before we go into the service is we continue to operate and we're operating in a different way. And so um, we appreciate your continued uh, patience and your financial support because we still have to keep things running even though things have kind of come to a stop so you can give through our website at seattleunity.org and you can text to give and there's see there's our number 320-8448 area 206 all right so that's the commercial So let's begin like we do with our Sunday service. And that is we stop and we uh, affirm our opening statement. So just take a moment to take a deep breath. (sighs) There is one presence and one power in my life and in the universe. God the good, omnipotence. I'm going to say it again. There is but one presence and one power in my life and in the universe. God the good, omnipotence. And as we hold this truth in our hearts, we acknowledge that the good is rising to the top and is manifesting in this world. And we hold in our prayers right now all who are suffering, all who are ill, whether they are suffering uh, physically or emotionally or financially. We call forth the goodness in their lives and we also hold in our hearts and our minds the first responders, our doctors, our grocery store workers, all those who are out in the world doing things that need to be done in order to keep things moving. And finally, we do affirm divine order manifesting right now in every situation and in our lives. And it is so. Amen. <clears throat> so, I've chosen the talk title this morning called "The Corona Cocoon," which is based on an article I read, and this year we're planting seeds of grace as we cope with covid nineteen Now we've been given guidelines by the c d c about how we're uh supposed to deal with this. you know, wash your hands, don't touch your face physical distancing, stay home. So we've been doing those things. But how do we deal with this on a spiritual level, right? And that's the bigger question that we need to sit with as a community. Now, I've heard different descriptions of um, a way to describe this spiritually. And one uh, is by Eckhart Tolle, who said it is a forced stillness. Lawrence Hillman and Lynn Bell called it an invitation to dissent. And Azra Cohen uh, Bacor called it the Corona cocoon. He said, in times of crisis bring a tremendous opportunity because there is a pattern interrupt to our collective habitual ways of operating. And the coronavirus is a great uh, equalizer. So, our habitual patterns have been interrupted have they not i mean we can't do the normal things that we do um my daughter lives you know a few miles from here and i have to have dinner with her over the internet instead of saying come on over um so everything has been shifted and changed it's 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 been interrupted and when we look at it from the image of a uh caterpillar weaving his cocoon to turn into the butterfly, we're in the cocoon stage. And when you think about what's a cocoon, what's in it, it really is a big gooey mess. You know, the caterpillar's gotta like transform itself before it becomes a butterfly, but it's not very pretty in that stage of the in-between. So we're kind of all together in this disintegration phase we're all sort of in this big gooey mess so that something butterfly, or the hope is that something butterfly-like can come from it. He goes on to say that the coronavirus is simply the trigger to force us into being with what has been there all along. And until right now, well, we didn't have external circumstances dire enough to bring it to the surface. And now, that it's here we stand at this crossroads. So how do we make use of this forced stillness, this invitation to descend to this corona cocoon? First, I think first we have to take a step back and acknowledge that there is a collective grief that is circling the planet right now. I don't know about you, but when I Go to the news, which I encourage you not to do all day long. Kind of step in and step out of it because it's a bit overwhelming and the, how the numbers of deaths are rising. Uh, and and, and it's, 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 it's sad. It's hard. It's, it's, it's horrible. So um, there's an article called That Discomfort You're Feeling is Grief by Scott Baronato. And, uh, he was interviewing David Kessler. And I want to share with you what David Kessler says. Because if you're feeling sad, if you're, if, it, or, or maybe you're not even dealing with it or, or you're not feeling it. And, um, maybe it's coming out in your dreams at night. You know, maybe you're waking up in the middle of the night and going, whoa. Anyway, Kessler said that we feel the world has changed and it has, and we know that this is temporary but it doesn't feel that way. And we realize things will be different, just as going to the airport is forever different from how it was before 9-11. Things will change, and this is the point at which they changed. The loss of normalcy, the fear of economic toll, the loss of connection, this is hitting us, and we're grieving collectively, and we are not used to this kind of collective grief in the air. In fact, none of us have ever lived through anything like this. So what are the stages of grief according to Elizabeth Kubler-Ross? They're denial, bargaining, anger, depression, and acceptance. Now here's the thing about grief. There's no time limit to it. It's not like we go through the order and then we're done check, done denial, check, done anger, done, finished. You may do denial, get to acceptance, go, go back, right? So there's no like necessary sequence to it. And, and and the way it looks is like denial would be like, this virus isn't going to affect me. It's a conspiracy, or I'm immune to it, or this is all like overreacting. So that that's one form of, of denial. Another is bargaining, which is, okay, everybody, so let's just stay in the house for two weeks, and then my life can get back to normal. I did my part, right? Should be over. Anger, boy, fill in this one. I am so angry that fill in the blank got canceled. Uh, my trip, my job, my coworker's job, uh, my wedding, a funeral. Uh, the list is 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 really long. And there's this feeling of helplessness and not being able to do anything about it, which leads us to depression and sadness, which is, I don't know when this is going to end. And finally acceptance. And that is, this is happening and I have to figure out what I'm going to do and how I'm going to proceed and how I'm going to make the best of this and how I can uh, find the seeds of grace in this, the seeds of goodness. And Kessler says, acceptance is where the power lies. So if you can name it, perhaps you can manage it and know that you're not alone with anything that you may be feeling. So that's number one thing to look at. So now let's go back to what's the spiritual lesson here. Um, Lawrence Hillman uh, said, that every good story has a dark moment. It has a dark night of the soul. It has a walk in the forest. Well, we're in that and you come out the other side, but you don't go around the forest it's not how the story works. So I just love this metaphor. So every good, I mean, how boring would stories be if there's never a walk through the forest or the darkness or the scary part, right? Well, guess what? We're in the woods and we're in the scary part. And, um, you know, you think of the Wizard of Oz and Dorothy going through the forest and it's in the forest that we, you know, we kill the witch or the dragon or we face that scary monster. Yeah. So in some ways we are in the descent, we are in the forest and our job right now, our call, if you will, is to not walk around the forest and avoid it, but to walk through the forest. So let's draw on our inner hero, our inner warrior and walk through the forest. So our spiritual responsibility means staying with the descent and not simply avoiding it. Now, In normal times, Lawrence says, we have the ability to distract ourselves from uh, confronting issues or dealing with our feelings. But now in the corona cocoon, we have to face it. And it doesn't have to be doom and gloomy and sad. You know, we can use art and we can use humor. And you know, one of the things that's happening with this is that time is slowing down, and we have to slow down. So enjoying good food, doing things that take time. I've been watching on Facebook how many people are are doing puzzles. When is the last time you did a puzzle? You know, um, uh, my daughter and and her boyfriend said they uh, called my son and his girlfriend, and they they did a game night on on the internet. And the only time they do game night is maybe twice a year when they're together. And they're like, I don't know why we haven't done game night more often. I've already shared with you how fun it is to cook with somebody because it engages the senses. So what are you rediscovering in this time? And what are you uh, trying for the very first time that you never would have thought of? So as we go into the descent, let's look at the metaphor, the analogy of this. So going into the descent, is it something, and and a cocoon, is it something is dying, right? <clears throat> something needs to be let go of. And so one way that we uh, mirror this is through getting rid of our clutter, going through our stuff and, and getting rid of things. So that's that's one way that we do it. But a bigger way is in facing the something scary or the dragon, because we all have inner dragons, is to face that thing that we may not want to face. So I have an example. Um, I talked with a friend of mine yesterday, and she gave me permission to tell this story. And she, uh, no, she has not had any children in this life. And she um, is uh, sad about it, but it's not like a big thing. It's, it's there, and she knows it's there. She's worked with it. And she said the other day she was watching the TV show Call the Midwife. And those of you who have watched Call the Midwife know that in every episode, there is at least one birth that's happening in this show, if not two or three. Now, this has been on for many seasons. She's watched it many times. And she said the other night when she was watching the birth, all of a sudden she got hit with this great uh, feeling of grief and sorrow about never having had children. And it just uh, washed over her and overwhelmed her. And she found herself sobbing without even really like knowing why in the moment. That's the courage to walk through the forest. So in normal times, If something like that would come up, it'd be like, all right, you know, uh, it's fine, I've got it. And then go on and do something to keep ourselves distracted or busy. But as my friend did, she faced it head on or it just sort of came upon her. So that's one of the ways we dissent. It's one of the ways that we are called to move through this. So may you have the courage. May you plant seeds of grace as you face these things. So many of us, I know, have done spiritual practice for decades. I know I'm preaching to the choir. And now is the time that we need to reach into our toolbox and lean on these teachings and practice our teachings. Last week during the sermon, we practiced the 90-second rule. And I'm not going to do it today, but if you haven't been aware of it, Jill Bolte-Taylor, who wrote the book A Stroke of Insight, uh, said that, There's a 90-second chemical process that happens in the body when we feel a strong emotion. And if we stay with that for uh, 90 seconds, it will transform. What happens is we keep repeating it over and over and over in our heads, and then it keeps building and going on and on forever. So in moving through the stages of grief, I found that one of the ones that kept coming up for me is anger, right? Like, I don't know how to do Facebook Live and, and all these things. And all of a sudden, I have this huge learning curve in addition to other things. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to practice this. So I sat with the 90 seconds. And don't we all love our iPhones where you can just set ask Suri to set your timer for you. And then when we're in this space to breathe into whatever that emotion is. So I invited the anger in. And, and kept asking myself, where do I feel it? Where is it? And um, I felt it in my chest and kept breathing into it. And you know, uh, around the getting around the 90 seconds, all of a sudden the anger transformed into sadness. Now, I wish I could tell you I spent another 90 seconds doing sadness, but I didn't. I stayed with the one emotion and trans- and transformed it. Will it be gone forever? No, it will come back. So I invite you as my friend did to invite that in. It's part of being in the forest, right? It's part of doing that. The other thing that we're called to do during this period of time is to practice compassion. So you may have found that coworkers or friends or family members are acting out in different ways in ways that they may not act in normal times. And this is an opportunity to recognize that they are under stress and that it's an opportunity to practice compassion. So we are in the corona cocoon. Again, Azra Bakur said that when you come out of the cocoon, may the next chapter of our human experience transition into the era of the butterfly a being that is light, free, empirically exquisite, and in service to others. And we certainly see many acts of kindness and service to others. So as you walk through the forest, may you sow seeds along the way. May you have the courage to walk through the forest and not around it to slay that inner dragon, to slay whatever it is, to let die that thing in us that needs to be gone and to be left. So in closing, I think it's important always that especially in these times that we share the Buddhist prayer. I know many of you know it with me. May I be free from danger, may i have mental happiness may i have physical happiness may i have ease of well-being and i'd like you to think of somebody that you know in particular that may be ill or is suffering in some way and direct it to them so we use the pronoun you may you be free from danger may you have mental happiness may you have physical happiness and may you have ease of well-being and so we now focus on all beings everywhere may all beings be free from danger may all beings have mental happiness may all beings have physical happiness may all beings have ease of well-being And it is for this awareness that we are truly grateful. And we do affirm this in the name and through the power of the living spirit of truth that indwells all beings. Stay safe, my friends. I love you all and God bless you. If you enjoyed the Seattle Unity Sunday service, please hit the donate button so we can bring you even more uplifting music and messages. Or join us in person Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can find directions and information about all our programs, classes, services, and events at www.seattleunity.org. Or find us on Facebook, where we post all our readings, links to more podcasts, and sermon videos. Seattle Unity celebrating, inspiring, and deepening our individual and collective spiritual journeys.